Well, hello there. I hope you're having a wonderful day. This is episode 305 of the Keto Diet Podcast, and today we're chatting about a lot of things. <laughs> I have my very dear friend, Vanessa Spina, on. She's a sports nutrition specialist who recently completed a two-year biomedical science program at the University of Toronto and the best-selling author of Keto Essentials. She is an international speaker, host of the popular Fast Keto Podcast, and founder of Ketogenic girl with online audience of over half a million. Vanessa and I go way back. She's brilliant. I love that she was like, I don't understand this. I'm just going to go back to school and figure it out. I just, she's so inspiring. I love the work that she does. And today we're just talking about diets, like how to know when it's time to change, signs that we look for, and really understanding that what worked for you a couple of months ago, a couple of years ago, is probably not what your body needs now. And just pushing those limits, whether it be carnivore or keto or strength training or reverse dieting or understanding carbohydrates as fuel. And what I really, really love is last time I saw Vanessa in person, she she was eating a very, very strict ketogenic diet and very minimally, you know, carbohydrates and all that stuff to kind of see her evolution talking about reverse dieting and training and eating a whole bunch. It's just so crazy to see how much can change when we just allow our bodies to to navigate for us. So if you really, really enjoyed this conversation, Vanessa has been on the show before episodes 83, 99 and 180. So this will be her fourth time on the podcast. I love hanging out with her. I think you're really going to enjoy the show. Also, if you have questions about today's episode, content, anything, or you want your question to be on an upcoming podcast episode, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can also catch up on previous podcast episodes and the notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Vanessa, how are you? I'm so good, Leanne. It's so nice to see you. It's it's really been way too long. It's been a really long time. I don't even know what you've been up to. So why don't you share with us who you are, what you've been up to, and uh, we'll take it from there. <laughs> sure. So I'm Vanessa Spina. I'm an author like you. I wrote a book about keto and I've been doing my podcast for, I think, just over two years now. It's kind of my favorite thing that I get to do every week is talk to awesome people like you and geek out about like keto and all this stuff. And I've been running a keto program for several years, and I never thought I'd end up doing this. I used to work in finance as a news anchor, and I totally switched gears you know, in my early thirties, went back to school, studied biochemistry and, you know, found that I just love this stuff so much. Like I found my passion. I enjoyed working in finance, but I was just making rich people more money. <laughs> it just wasn't that fulfilling. <laughs> Whereas working in this space, like every day you get to connect with people that you really do make a different, like positive difference in their lives just by bringing them some information or education. So it's, it's really fulfilling. And I'm sure you've probably found the same. 
Yes. And what was studying biochemistry like? Like, was there a time where you're like, how did I end up here? What is happening right now? Yeah. The first week I felt like I was studying Russian and everyone was fluent, but me and everyone knew what they were doing and they knew how to write academic papers and all this stuff. And I had like my undergraduate degree at UBC, I studied nutrition as my electives, but I didn't do any science stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like actually hard <laughs> school. <laughs> this is what all the other people were studying that is actually extremely challenging. But it was very rewarding because it was two years. And at the end, I was getting like 80s and 90s and just like really excelling in it. So to go from like knowing nothing to understand this new language, which is like the language of biomedical processes in our body. It, it really helped me. And, you know, being in our space, there's just so much information out there. And sometimes you get confused. And I started to think like, well, I don't know what to believe this person or that person. Like, I'm just going to go back to school, take a couple of years, study this myself so that I can decipher what is that opinion, what is fact, you know, and it, I'm so thankful that I did it because it really, really helped me understand and it helps me convey and help other people understand concepts a lot better. In your nutrition practice, like as you're educating others, because it's really like our job is to disseminate multiple bits of information into like bite-sized pieces, you know, having that biochemistry now, what do you find like is the thing that you're explaining so much better and you're just so thankful? Like, what does that look like um, in your nutrition practice? There's been so many things. I think one of the big things is just understanding that carbs are carbohydrates and fats are, or lipids are hydrocarbons. They're really just energy, energy and energy. They're both energy. And so there's no point in demonizing one or the other, because when you understand biochemically, they're just providing our body with energy. So, you know, if someone says like, I've been trying keto for five years, I fall off the wagon every year, I'm struggling. Like, well, maybe keto isn't necessarily the diet for you. Maybe doing a high carb, low fat diet might work better for you. Maybe it's something that you don't have to struggle at all the time. There's no point in like demonizing macronutrients. We understand that there's really good carbs. There's not so good carbs. There's really good fats and there's not so good fats. Protein, you just always need because so many of our biochemical processes and hormones, all that are made out of, out of protein and fats as well, but it really just helps to understand that we don't need to fear <laughs> any macronutrients. I've definitely been guilty of that in the past, like fearing different macros and thinking that, you know, carbs would wreck me. It's really, well, there's bad, you know, not so good carbs. There's not so good fats and just understanding that biochemically what's actually happening in the body and probably also understanding hormones and how they're made from peptides or they're made from cholesterol and just understanding that is just, it helps me <laughs> explain it to people. So you don't have to fear any kind of food, just understand what they can offer your body, what they can do for you. So I think that we haven't talked since you studied biochemistry, I'm sure. Yeah. And I never thought I'd heard those weird words out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> yeah. It's very wow. humbling to go back to school and understand 
you know, that there's just, there's a lot of fear mongering in nutrition. There's just a lot of bad facts, misinformation. And then, you know, I definitely like fell prey to that in the past. And I was like, Oh, I'm scared of these kinds of foods. And just understanding, well, they can't harm you, you know, their molecules, they can benefit you in different ways. And that's been really good to, to do that. And yeah, going back to school is very humbling, <laughs> but very um, worthwhile for sure. And so how has that education informed how you practice nutrition yourself and how that has informed how you choose certain foods and what you're thinking as you're choosing those foods? It's definitely made me less rigid, you know, personally. And I have this personality type, uh, which is an upholder type. I don't know if you follow Gretchen Rubin at all. She has these different personality types. And I, with an upholder personality, you can, if you set goals for yourself, you don't need anyone else to hold you accountable. You can reach them, but it can also make you very rigid. You know, if someone makes plans with me to have coffee, like on a Tuesday, and then they change and want to have dinner on a Thursday, I'm like, okay, (laughs) it's just how my personality is. So I have to be really mindful of that rigidity and like how I can get rigid and, you know, think that way. And I think that there's, there can be that you can fall into that with nutrition. Um, so it's made me less rigid and more flexible and more just like, well, we, you know, there are, maybe there are times when you want to have more fat or do more of a ketogenic approach or maybe times when you won't. And yeah, thinking back to how I used to approach things, it's very different. And really understanding the the different seasons, like you were saying, like what I'm hearing from you is like, at some times you're going to want to do this at other times you're going to want to do this and that's okay. And I think all of us (laughs) kind of get stuck in this. Yeah, but I'm doing keto and it has to be 20 grams of carbs or even less. And it has to be this way for years and years and years. Otherwise I fail at life. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, there's something comforting about putting yourself in like a box, but then it, it can also be extremely, you know, claustrophobic to be in that when you're like, well, what if I don't want to, you know, follow these rules all the time? Like they have good and bad things. Like people say all the time, well, oh, you know, keto is bad because it's so restrictive, but then there's things like, well, there's restrictions in life that help me like, you know, not crossing, not running across the street, you restrict yourself from from doing that, you restrict yourself from doing dangerous activities. Like that's a good thing, right? So they can be good and they can be bad and they can serve you and they cannot, but just like being more easy about all of it, I think is important. Hugely. And so at what point then did you discover carnivore and kind of play around with carnivore and what has that been like? Yeah. So the carnivore movement has really influenced and changed the keto space. I'm sure you've noticed that in the last few years, Um, There's been people in the keto space who kind of went more towards carnivore and then others who didn't. And then like it really changed things for me personally. I just love experimenting with different things. And, you know, it's it sounded great. I'm like, well, keto, you restrict, you know, your carbs to 20 grams like carnivore, you do it to zero. So let's try this out. So I, I did experiment with it and I did get some really good benefits from it. I really enjoy it. And I really see it as like a subset of keto because, you know, keto, you control carbs and carnivore, you control them to nothing pretty much uh, to trace carbs. So I found it to be really beneficial for different things. Like it, if I, when I'm doing carnivore, I never think about food at all. Like I have to tell myself it's time to eat. And for someone who used to be so fixated with 
like thinking about food and living to eat, that's a huge, huge thing for me to have that food freedom and be able to just say, well, like, I'm just going to do other things and fill my day with other more valuable activities than thinking about what I'm going to eat. So uh, dealing with that my whole life and then being free from it. I don't know why some, for some reason, carnivore does that for me. I know it does it for other people. And there's just been some other benefits. I had some enhancements in my body recomposition, like more than with keto, like my muscle mass increased without, before I started doing the exercise and my body fat went down more from prioritizing the proteins. I did notice that it accelerates, accelerated some body recomposition for me. And, you know, I think in general, it's great. Like you never bloated, (laughs) you never have like any digestive problems. If you've struggled with digestive problems as that's first brought me to keto, it's, it's really nice to not have that. And then if you go back and sort of do keto for a while, which I've also experimented with, then you're like, Oh man, like the digestion thing is really nice. Like you don't, you just never have to have like indigestion or, or bloating. So yeah, there's some really neat things about it, but I really see it as like a tool that you can kind of use at different times and, you know, go into it when you want to, and then, you know, maybe flow back to keto or more low carb at different times. And as opposed to just being like, this is what I'm doing forever until I die. (laughs) Yeah, completely. I've had a bunch of people on the show recently talking about carnivore and like, it sounds really good in practice, but I just can't do it. Like I just, I love plants so much. I just love plants. And I think it's also understanding what kind of person you are. Maybe at some point in my life, I'll be like, you know what? I want to try this carnivore thing, but like, I just love plants. I don't really get bloated from plants. Maybe you say that, you know, and you're like, oh, but wait with carnivore, you'll notice that you do get bloated with plants. But, um, you know, I think it's too, it's understanding with nutrition, like sometimes some protocols, just like what you said, if you're struggling through it and it just sucks the life force out of you, do you need to do it? I don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, ultimately you want something that's sustainable and really suits your like, lines up with, if with you. And I always exper- encourage people to try different things. You know, there's no harm in trying it. You may be one of those people who tries carnivore for a month and you're like, this is how I'm meant to eat. Like, this is the best thing ever. And then same thing with keto, or you might try keto and then realize that you just can't keep with it. Like I was saying before, you keep struggling. And then for some reason, you feel like you have to do it. Like you have to do it because it's so popular right now. And it's, you're in this community and whatever. And, you know, that can be detrimental. I think pushing yourself to do something that is just not, doesn't come easily for you or, you know, naturally. So I know that I love that you know that you love plants and, you know, it's just not something for you. CBD oil has massively reduced my symptoms of anxiety. The benefits of CBD are all encompassing like inflammation reduction, improving digestive function, improving sleep quality, reducing acne. But here's what you have to know before you grab a random bottle and start supplementing. Please, 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 please research your options thoroughly and look for a CBD oil that uses hemp seed oil as a carrier oil, not safflower oil, not MCT oil, not 
olive oil, hemp seed oil, okay? <laughs> the hemp seed oil means that the plant has been kept in its purest whole plant form, allowing the terpenes and cannabinoids to work together in unison in your body to give you the powerful entourage effect that everyone raves about when it comes to the power of CBD. Among high-quality CBD options, Eaton Hemp's unfiltered, full-spectrum CBD oil is an all-organic choice. They are one of the first unfiltered CBD products to be USDA certified organic. This guarantees what you see is what you get. No toxins, no pesticides, no label trickery. And I gotta tell you, the CBD market is filled with label trickery. <laughs> Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, giving you the full entourage effect, maximum absorption, potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids, aka results. <laughs> These are all good things. Now, what I love, 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 love most about Eaton Hemp is they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. As far as I know, this is the only hemp company that backs up their product by a 30-day guarantee. What does this mean for you? If you don't see the results you're looking for, they refund no questions asked. They put together a special podcast offer for listeners. If you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet and use the code keto diet, you'll get 20% off all Eaton Hemp CBD products. Again, that's keto diet over at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet. Yeah, I think I think what I'm hearing from you also, it's th that layer of curiosity. Like if I have just an inkling of curiosity, like I tried carnivore six days, then I wanted strawberries and then it was over. But I had that curiosity and I was like, what would this feel like? How would I do? No, I don't like it. But, you know, having that curiosity when you're so dead set in, in your ways or you've you've followed perhaps somebody in whatever space, let's call it keto, but it could also be vegans or whatever. We're very good. Just like you said, like blinders on focused on step one, two, three. But the curiosity I find when I'm curious about something and like, I wonder what would it feel like if I did this? Sometimes that's the best thing. And other times it's like, nope, definitely shouldn't have done that. But now I know it's definitely not for me right now. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I think also you probably agree with this, that as a nutritionist yourself, like you want to be able to have experienced different ways of eating so that you can speak from experience for people. Like even though your experience may not have anything to do with theirs, you can at least speak with more of insight of what it's actually like, or, you know, give you a better idea of, of how it might help someone else. That's so true. I, I mean, almost every eating style I've tried has come to that of like, I'll just try this and see so that I know, and I'm informed when people, you know, come to me or ask questions. That was how I became a vegan for eight years. I was like, I'm just going to try being doing this vegan thing. And it really stuck. Whereas raw vegan, I think I lasted three months. I'm like, Nope, this is impossible. Living in Canada, you can't do this. Like it's just not <laughs> feasible. <laughs> Yeah, I remember those days and how determined you can be, you know, I, I remember being in Vancouver and it's such a vegetarian Mecca, you know, and, and the raw vegan juicing thing was just so popular. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting to try those different ways and, and try different things and, and just what you learn from it. And sometimes just your environment can really influence you <laughs> towards like trying different things too. That's interesting. I did raw vegan in Vancouver also. I mean, it was, it was very easy because there's so much of it, but like yeah. we get to October and it's like, no, I can't, I can't eat sprouted buckwheat. It's not going to happen. I need something not sprouted buckwheat. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's hilarious. I, I kind of laugh about all the things. I mean, it, it, it's amazing how many fruits and things that you could get frozen and all that, like you could make it work, but it's just, it's not really so natural or aligned with like how you're supposed to eat if you're in Canada. <laughs> it's so winter. cold. Like I was just so cold all the time. Yeah. I was so cold. So you've started to weave in strength training and you mentioned a little bit with carnivore being um, very helpful toward uh, muscle mass, but kind of what are you starting to learn within the strength training piece of things? Yeah. I mean, one thing, one real quick thing I'll say is people, a lot of people think that the only way to improve your body composition, gain muscle is through the stimulus with exercise. But when I did the higher protein, I gained eight pounds of lean mass and some of that was muscle. And I also had a a close friend of mine who's a doctor, the same thing happened to him. And there's something really interesting and, and looking at it from a biochemistry point of view, I could totally see how that could happen, especially if you're someone who's been a vegan, vegetarian. I was for 17 years. I barely ate protein. I think the protein I got was in hummus. Like <laughs> it's just pretty much all the protein I got. Um, and you know, there's like trace amino acids in cucumber, but I mean, if you think of all those years of being under muscled and not eating any protein, I think that the body can definitely replenish stores. Um, if you do really prioritize protein, if you are deficient in it, like I was, and you know, some people are, if they're like sarcopenic or they're just, they don't, if they've restricted protein for a long time, you can improve your lean mass just by prioritizing and getting enough protein. And so I was really encouraged by that. And then I started reading about how, you know, there's these newbie gains you can get and then understanding studying physiology was a part of my program too. So it started, I started to become more interested in it. And I was like, I think this could just continue to accelerate, you know, my muscle growth that I've been sort of improving with the diet and, and eating more protein. And so I started doing, uh, well, four workouts a week, uh, two lower body days and two upper body days. And I hadn't really worked out since I was in university. So, you know, it's, uh, it's it, speaking of like humbling things, it's humbling because you can do it for months and months. And you're like, I'm still lifting the same weight. Like when do I get to lift something higher? It really takes time, but that's one of the things that I've also shifted for myself. And I encourage people to all the time as well is to have a really take a long-term perspective. If you're going to build muscle, it's not going to be overnight. And so many of us know from doing like cleanses or fasting, like you can get results really fast and that can be really addictive. And then you do something like building muscle with weights and you're like, it's been six months and literally nothing has happened, but you, you sort of like enjoy the feeling of the workout and you trust that like it's coming and, you know, it's just, it really does take time. But if you have a long-term perspective and that's like, well, I want to continue to improve how much muscle I have over the next 50 years, you know, then you can be patient and just know it's going to take time. And, and it's not like for this summer or this like event or whatever, it's going to take longer than that, but it's very rewarding, I think. And just like, you start to feel stronger physically and that lends itself to feeling stronger in other ways too. So I'm, yeah, I'm a really big fan of it now. And, uh, you know, it, it came at the, along at the, the right time for me. And I, I'm really fascinated by how we store, you know, amino acids and our muscle and how that can be 
like Dr. Gabriel Lyons says like this organ of longevity and it's so, so important is, you know, to really prioritize that muscle and to just have some kind of weight training or resistance exercise, you know, in your regimen every week. And it, it can make a big difference. That's amazing. I mean, there's so many pieces to that. I think a lot of people like I'm, I do this all the time. You know, I join so-and-so gym or whatever program and I'm like, I need to be this, that, and the other thing. And this is how I want to look. And this is how I want to perform. And I'll never forget my husband and I started CrossFit probably, oh, we're talking like 2013 at this point. And I'll never forget the first class. He was like bumming around and kind of just taking his time. And I was like, yo, are you going to take this serious or what? And he's like, I am not an athlete. Okay. My name is Kevin. I work at a payments company and I'm just here to like move my body. And I thought that that was just like, oh, right. I'm not an athlete. I'm not training for the Olympics. I'm not like, I'm just a girl living in a small town trying to do better for my body. Like, and cause we just get so focused on probably the wrong things, which maybe, you know, at least in my case has always like deterred me from continuing because I'm like, eh, I'm not really seeing any benefits or I don't look like so-and-so athlete. So I'm just going to stop. <laughs> yeah. And it's it just, you realize that it really takes a long time to, to build the muscle, to get that definition. And, you know, it's also kind of nice to realize that you can have like these seasons where you can just focus on growing your muscle and maybe you have a different season, you know, because bodybuilders do this, right? They have seasons where they they're in their bulking and then they have cutting phases. And I don't think we do that enough where we think, well, I'm just going to go on a diet break for like eight months and I'm not going to worry about losing weight right now. I'm growing muscle and I need to eat enough calories to build that muscle. And that's kind of nice to just do that maybe during the winter, fall and winter and really focus on that. Or maybe it's a couple years of your life like that, where you just don't do any dieting at all. And you're just focusing on building your body. And then maybe later on, once you've built your metabolism back up and you've really been focusing on growing, then you're like, well, now I'm going to do like a diet phase again. Like, and that, and that's kind of a nice thing to have like these cycles and not put so much pressure on yourself to like have a certain body tomorrow. Like you're saying. Yeah. And I always need this reminder. I'm currently doing reverse dieting phase two. <laughs> and, um, I'm actually wearing a shirt today that I bought three weeks ago and the entire back is unzipped because I couldn't, I couldn't get it zipped up. <laughs> and, and so that is just, it's really humbling because like I started looking at my intakes and kind of where I want to be. And I'm like, I'm, I'm under eating still. Like I, I'm under eating still. I'm not getting the results that I want. Something needs to change. Okay. I'm going to start eating three times a day and like eating until I'm full, full, full. And that's been, it's been so challenging. And so even just hearing your words, I'm like, right. Yes. Stay focused, stay focused <laughs> because it's hard. You know, I, I bought a shirt three weeks ago and now it doesn't fit. And I'm like, really? Okay. We're doing this again. Yes, we are. I know that you've done some reverse dieting too. What has yes. your experience been? <laughs> Yeah. So I started reverse dieting in the spring and last spring I got down to like a very low weight. I think I was like 115 pounds and I just wasn't eating very much on carnivore. I found like I would eat once or twice a day and I was stuffed all the time. Wasn't interested in food. You know, carnivore is very strict. Like you're basically just eating. If you do it a certain way that I was doing it, like a lot of organ meats, a lot of beef, 
no sweeteners, nothing like fun tasting, nothing like interesting. And if you're only eating savory all the time, your appetite like can really tank. So I got really, really thin last spring. And, you know, my husband's like, babe, like I always think you're beautiful, but you know, (laughs) I really like, like you with a little bit more meat on you. And, um, I didn't like the way that I looked like I could tell that I looked older. Like if you get too thin, like your face can really look, and I'm looking, I could look back at pictures now last spring and I'm like, geez, I look like 10 years older. And so you can be like, I was like sunken in and looked tired all the time. And uh, I just didn't like the way they looked. So I, I was down to eating like a very small amount of food and I didn't like the way that I, my body looked. So it's like, there's gotta be a way, you know, out of this. So I found reverse dieting. You gradually, for anyone who doesn't know, like you gradually increase your calories over a period of time and you do it very gradually. You also add in resistance training. So I added in 50 to hundred calories every two weeks. And then I sort of got up to about 2,200. I'm now between 2,200 and 2,300 calories a day and added in resistance training. And it's really interesting because you go through different phases. So like I went through phases where like nothing fit anymore. That's the hardest phase. You're like growing out of everything, all your favorite clothes that you are wearing, like they just don't fit. So that's like a really, really uncomfortable part. You can also go through like a lot of swelling and bloating. Like I had so much swelling, so much bloating, like my face was super swollen. Like my body was super swollen. You know, it, it, there was a period of time like I just hated the way that I felt in my body, looked at my body, the way anything fit, but that phase is temporary and you, you know, you do get to the other side of it. And, you know, the resistance training is part of what helps you like boost your metabolic rate up because you're adding more muscle and you're, you know, it's, it's not so much about the calories that you're burning doing it. It's about the muscle mass that you're adding and you have to eat a lot of calories to build that muscle. So it, it can be great. Like it's, it's, like I said, it's a time that you just stop dieting. You do that. It's a reverse. It's literally the reverse, the opposite of dieting. And so I started doing that and I've been maintaining at about 2,200, 2,300 calories now. And I feel really good here. Like eating more than that to me, is just like, it's just too much food. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's a, it's a really good place for me to be in like I feel a lot better about the way that I look and like, uh, it's just been a good, really good experience, you know? And I, I know a lot of other people, if you get to a point where you've dieted for most of your life, you can slow your metabolic rate, like over years and years and years. And eventually you get stuck. It's like, I can't lose weight anymore here. Or like, I just don't like the way I look. So how, how do I get out of this? And you, you know, you have to just reverse your way, literally reverse your way out of that hole. We all know the health benefits of salmon, rich in omega-3, selenium, vitamin D, the nutrients that keep your thyroid and metabolism revved up and your skin looking glowy and healthy. But a lot of us steer clear of fish because of accessibility, cost, and taste. Some of that store-bought stuff has a real rank taste to it and smell to it, right? Ugh. Not Wild Alaskan Seafood Box, a salmon delivery service that takes wild caught to a whole new level. The seafood in their subscription program is wild caught from a 
Alaska via small boat fishermen working directly with friends and families to deliver the freshest, most authentic seafood right to your home. From the local small mom and pop processor in Petersburg, Alaska to you. You can go to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com slash KDP and reserve your subscription box today. Choose to receive your box once a month, once every two months, or every three months. Plus, in every box when you use my link, you'll get a free 8-ounce package of smoked Alaskan sockeye salmon in every single one of your orders for the lifetime of your membership. So, all you got to do is go to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com slash KDP, choose your subscription, and then use the KDP coupon code at checkout for your free eight ounce package of smoked Alaskan sockeye salmon in each and every single one of your boxes for the lifetime of your membership. Yeah, for me, when I did reverse dieting the first time, it was a very different experience. Well, I mean, it had the same sort of phases. There was the, oh my gosh, I'm gaining a bunch of weight phase. Nothing's fitting. Everything's awkward. Um, What I've enjoyed in this process more than the last is I'm filling out in places that actually make me look far healthier. Like, I don't even know, like, like you were saying, even when I looked at my stomach and my hips before it just, things weren't right, you know, but I'm kind of filling out in those areas. Um, and that's been really fun to watch, um, this go around. And yeah, you're right. For me, that phase of like, okay, I put my shirt on today. What am I doing? Is this the right call? (laughs) You know, am I crazy to be doing this? There's definitely the, the second guessing thing. Um, but I'm glad that you pointed that out. And I'm also glad that you talked about protein and kind of, you said it a couple of times of just like protein is kind of this thing that nobody's really afraid of, but most people don't hit enough. And I was calculating up, calculating out macros for a client this morning and she's at 35% body fat. And, you know, so her, her composition is a little bit different. And I was kind of just going through things and she's eating about 40, to, you know, 40 to 50 grams of protein every day. And I'm calculating it out. And I was guessing she'd be around like 85 grams of protein a day. When I calculated it out, it was 98 grams of protein. And I'm having this conversation with her, like we're going to shoot for 98 grams. And she's like, how that's so much, how even do you calculate that high? And I'm like, that's actually a low, like that's, that's 0.8 grams per pounds of lean body mass. So that's like, it's not that much based on that calculation. And at 98 grams for that body fat percentage, like that's a lot of protein, but like, still it's not a lot of protein. Yeah. And I mean, I can hit that number like at one meal. (laughs) It's really easy, but I understand like if you haven't in a while, my biggest challenge is making sure I don't overdo protein because you know, if, if I do, then like I'm up all night, like going to pee, it's just like not fun. So I have to make sure to keep the protein down, but I, I think it's so important to prioritize it. And I've really been learning that in the last few years. And I, I didn't understand how important it was before for body composition. And I, I'm really excited for your client. Cause I like, I know what a difference it can make and how much it accelerated my results when I was, when I started prioritizing it more and stopped fearing it. Cause you can fear it. If you are, you know, as you know, in the keto space, you can like, fear having gluconeogenesis and, and overdoing it, but it, you know, ultimately it's, it's the best thing if you really want to like 
recompose your body, build more lean mass and lower the fat mass. So I know, I know every woman that was listening was like, wait, you go over that amount that easily. Tell us your secrets. What are you eating? How, how? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just find it's so easy to go over that because I love like eating protein. It's my favorite macronutrient. So like I've, when I was doing the higher protein, experiment, like I went up to 260 to 80 grams of protein in a day, you know, and that's, if like, you're just basically just eating protein, like not much else, but it's so easy to do it. Like I love Turkey, you know, there's like yogurt, there's so many high protein foods that you can eat that like will get you there and are generally like low carb or like with Turkey or other like meats, zero carb, but there's things that I would do like making beef cheeks or super high in protein. Um, I do those all the time, like all kinds of roasts, like prime rib and stuff, which is really easy <laughs> for me to get there. But it's kind of funny that I'm at this point, knowing that I was vegetarian and, you know, vegan for just such a long time that I just like, I didn't even know how to cook meat. You know, the fact that, like I was saying before, most of my protein came from like hummus. Like I just, you know, to think that you can live your life, like really not eating a lot of protein and, um, do it pretty easily. And I, I see a lot of concerning trends like now out there, you know, just in the like nutrition space and also environmental space and all these different narratives, like telling people to decrease their protein consumption or eat certain proteins, which are made by plants, which are basically great for plants, but not necessarily great for humans. So yeah, there's, it's not too hard if you start to like, when, once you start to do it, it's like keto at the beginning, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. And then after a while, you just totally get it. You don't even have to track anything anymore. And also protein powders, just to go back to your original question is that's a really easy way to get lots of protein too. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yes, I'm currently in this big thing about beef protein. Like I cannot get enough beef protein. I just, I love it. It's so simple. And it's also kind of salty. So when I'm adding it to certain things, it adds salt. Like, I mean, I can totally crush so much protein and steak too. That's like my go-to like a London broil. It's like lower in fat and has like so much protein. If I'm low, I'll just cook up one of those and eat it with some chimichurri and it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. And it, it honestly really is the most satiating macronutrient like people debate if it's protein or fat but all of the research that I've seen shows when they have people just preload on protein and then go and eat whatever they want at a buffet they eat drastically less if they've gotten enough protein and it's been a game changer for me in terms of appetite like to the point where I lost too much weight when I was eating a lot of protein it can be so satiating that you just have no like food doesn't have any appeal because once your body gets what it needs, it doesn't want to eat, keep eating more food. But if you're eating foods that have barely any protein in it, it'll make you eat like all day long and into the night and still not feel satisfied. Mm, Completely. And you mentioned yogurt previously when we were talking about how to boost protein. What's your feeling on dairy? Where are you at? Has your education shifted that? 
dairy. Let's talk dairy. Yeah, I would love to. So, um, I've, I've had the honor of having some really amazing protein scientists on the podcast and some of my favorites. Um, one of them who's at McMaster's university who came on and he talked about how a lot of people believe that they're lactose intolerant. And when they actually did studies, they found out that they would actually test them and see that only a fraction of them were dairy intolerant. And I think that some of that can come from like vegetarian culture. You know, when you're in that culture, it's like dairy is the spawn of the devil. <laughs> like just, it's going to do terrible things to you. You know, it's going to, it's just, they, they really convince you that dairy is just the worst thing to eat. And I think that that can carry over and make people believe that they are intolerant. So if you think you may be, you may want to actually test it and find out if you actually are, because if you're not, you're missing out on like a really great source of protein and calcium. And I've definitely brought in a lot of that because on carnivore, there's no great sources of calcium. If you don't have dairy, like for a while I was like, Oh, I could, you know, take calcium supplement. You can take eggshells and boil them and like pulverize them. Like, no, like you can just have some dairy, <laughs> get your calcium. Um, if you just, if you don't have dairy, there's just no calcium in your diet. So it's really important to me. And then obviously with yogurt, there's great benefits like the gut as well. So I'm a big fan of it. And I, I think that, you know, if you are suspicious that you might be intolerant, um, there's also some research that was done at the ISSN, which is sport institute in florida and they did a really broad study pretty recently and they tested for inflammatory cytokines and inflammatory markers after people were consuming dairy and there were none so there's like this idea out there that dairy is very inflammatory and everyone seems to believe that but the more i've dug into actual research i found it may not actually be inflammatory for a lot of people so you know, I think it's just a great food. If you want to prioritize protein, it'll really help you with that. You know, if you, and it'll help you get calcium. And I think it's just, it's a really great food and there's so much variety You know, you can eat really high fat dairy. You can eat low fat dairy, which is like more protein based. And yeah, I'm a big, I eat it pretty much every day. I'm so jealous. I'm one of those souls who is allergic to the casein and the whey and the lactose. Like there's just, it's just not even an option for me. It sucks. <laughs> I know. I feel for my husband every day because he has it and, you know, he just loves cheese and like he can have a piece like uh, every quarter or something and be okay. But <laughs> otherwise he's like in the bathroom all night. It's just, it's not fun. It's not worth it's it at horrible. all. It's horrible. And my husband too, unfortunately, <laughs> it's just the <laughs> both of us, like two peas in a pod. I remember we went for our first date and he had something that had dairy. And I think he ordered like pasta and cheese and like, he's eating it and he's getting more and more phlegmy at our date. And I was like, yo bud, like, I'm pretty sure you're sensitive to dairy. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And over the months I pointed it out every time, like, you know, like you're having some problem. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's like, it's hard to come to terms with the dairy I thing. One thing I, I think we, we maybe talked about this before, but if you ever like next time you guys are in Europe, you have to try the dairy there because I don't know why when we're in Colorado, I do get some, a little bit of like phlegm when I eat dairy, but I just like deal with it. Cause it's temporary in Prague. 
I eat twice as much and I have no reactions whatsoever. And I don't understand what it is or why, (laughs) but if you guys ever, and my husband's the same. So if you guys, you know, next time you're there, like plan on (laughs) eating all the dairy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we go to Germany, that's where Kevin's from. He can eat dairy there. No problem. No problem at all. Like butter, cheese, milk, cream, like beautiful coffee things with all of the dairy and it doesn't bother him one bit it's amazing why I just want to know why I don't understand like what are they putting in it here I don't get it the cows are healthier like happier in Europe I mean do you blame them (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I would love to know you know what it is because people say well there's like there's no hormones in dairy there are like it's just very confusing so I yeah I'd love to know what the reason is yeah or just move to Europe hey exactly Exactly. tell us more about your podcast where people can connect with you what you have going on this year like how people can connect thank you Leanne absolutely I been doing the fast keto podcast for just over two years now. And every week I bring on authors and scientists to talk about protein and keto and basically help people kind of learn from other people's mistakes and get shortcuts to the results that they want to get. So they don't have to waste time. And I just love doing it. So that's called fast keto. And I've been running my keto program for about five years now. It's a 28 day ketogenic girl challenge. And I, and I provide all coaching and support there. And I'm working on some really exciting projects that I think by the time this podcast will be out, will be out most likely, but I'm really, really excited about it. And unfortunately I can only tease them right now, but you know, it's, it's hard not to, because it's all I'm working on all day. So I'm like very, very excited Um, but I think that, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool to, to launch that in the coming months. So you can check back and see, you know, it'll probably be out by the time this is out. Amazing. And so we'll definitely connect before that. So by the time the show goes live, if it is live, look down below on the video, the link will be there maybe. And also in the show notes, if you're listening to the episode and I'm really excited to find out what you've been working on. That's really awesome. Um, Vanessa, thank you so much coming on the show again it's always great to see your face and it's been far too long um and i'll also include links to the other episodes we've done you've been on episode 83 99 182 and now episode 305 so it's great it's all great and it's awesome to see you again you too and congratulations on 300 plus episodes that's incredible I know. How did this happen? I don't even know. You know, so much work goes into a show and it's just, it's amazing that people actually want to listen to all these episodes. I know, that's what pulls me away every week. I'm like, people really want to listen to me talk about this stuff. I don't know why, but I'm just really thankful. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so true. Thanks again for coming on and you are always welcome to come back. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's great to see you. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. 
The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.